think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, Servant Leaders, I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and here we are again just for another chance to grow, another chance to have some servant leadership and faith conversation as we work to normalize athletic professionals of faith. And today we have somebody that's going to move that agenda forward. We have an amazing young lady with us. We've connected months ago, um, been talking back and forth, and I'm just really impressed with this young servant leader, really impressed. Today we have servant leader Imani Wright with us. She is a student athlete uh, with Chapman University Women's Basketball. She's also a sports and feature digital writer. And she's also an intern at Local 4 with WDIV Detroit. So homegirl has a long list, as y'all can see, a rising star. I can promise you that. So I'm super excited to have you here today. As I tell anybody, I thank you for your time, though. Time is that one precious thing in life that once it's given, we cannot return it. So I thank you for being here today. I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we'll get this conversation started. All right. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and like floored that you would even want me on your podcast. Um, and I just want to say hi to everybody. Um, I'm Imani. I'm a broadcast journalism and documentary film student at Chapman University. And I am also an intern at Local 4 News at Detroit, like she said. And I am also a college athlete. So I play basketball for the Chapman Women's Basketball Team, which is a Division Three school in Southern California. So I'm really happy to be here. For sure. And we're glad to have you. And they're going to see why. Like when we first got connected, uh, we actually got connected on a clubhouse conversation. Um, and it's just amazing, like we continue to talk about in the midst of this pandemic, how God aligns paths and connect people. And we were talking with uh, Christina Williams, who is a servant leader of a Girls Talk Sports TV. And just space and time, we got connected, stayed in touch. And I'm really impressed just with who you are and where I know God is going to take you. So, you know, just talk to us a little bit about one of the things you and I were talking about before we got on today is that you have been on a two-year hiatus from playing sports. And I know any sports fanatic, any athlete, you know, we're itching to get back in the gym. So talk to us a little bit about that hiatus and now being re-entered into collegiate sports, what that looks like for you and how you're preparing. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, last year I took a year off from basketball. Um, the situation just didn't work out um, and that's fine. It's all in God's plan. Um, so I took the year off and then the pandemic hit. So our season was canceled. So I ultimately didn't have a season again um so I was out for two years and for me that was a great period in time for growth uh, mentally physically and spiritually as well um during that time I most definitely got closer to God and also took care of my mental health and prioritized my mental health um so this past week I actually got back in the gym with uh, the team for the first time which was really exciting um not talking to them on zoom (laughs) and actually like practicing with them 
So in order to prepare for that, I've been getting shots up like outside. I've been running just about every day. I've incorporated yoga into my workouts, which has been great for me um, in terms of working on balance and all those other aspects in my core and all that stuff too. So that's how I've really been preparing and also like just being in constant communication with my coach and with Uh, other girls on the team and asking them like hey is there anything I can do to get better you know things like that Um, and even to prepare for the upcoming season I've actually been watching film so I watched like all of the 2018 and 19 season um, just to get a grip on plays and playing styles of other uh, girls on the team so and I think that's awesome and what many of our listeners will start to see is you actually are one of our uh, first current student athletes amongst other things that you're doing and so you have a unique story uh, to have your hands in so many different uh, pots which is amazing and I told anybody who you know we talked about an ass and I talk about the podcast I said I promise you guys this, this young lady's name is definitely going to be heard and seen in the years to come just because your presence first of all you have a compassion uh, that oftentimes individuals do not have And that's one of the things I just want to honor you for and give you that kudos. Don't lose that uh, as you continue to grow. And, you know, just in talking about servant leadership, you know, and just the way the pandemic has been and changes that have been made. Can you talk to us a little bit about how, as with your journalism background, has that increased your workload as you're trying to learn and grow in all of your media uh, type facets? Has that increased your workload? And what have you gained from learning to work these stories within a pandemic? Um, so for me, in terms of my workload, it's been about the same. So in, for our classes, we do projects and stuff like that. Um, so I've been editing and all that types of stuff. But it has made it harder. Uh, I have to do everything on Zoom, uh, record stuff on Zoom. And if we're fortunate enough, if a person's obviously comfortable, we do some of our stories in person. But that's been really hard because I'm like all the way across the state. <laughs> So the country, I mean, so some, for some people, you know, I have to like create a shared drive and put everything in there to edit it or vice versa. Um, and then also, I think for me, like writing stories, it's been a lot easier, I feel like, because, you know, like within the pandemic, I'm at home. So like, I don't have to worry about like going to different places and things like that since everything's online. So that has been like one nice part. Um, but honestly, like, I feel like I've refound my love for writing and storytelling and being able to help people. Um, Because the reason I got into journalism in the first place was to help keep people informed and like telling the truth. So like, that's why like I got into the field. So for me, it's been great to be able to do that from even in a remote point of like view. Oh, for sure. And I love that because when we hear journalism this nowadays in the news and the media, right? One of the few things, unfortunately, that we hear is true. <laughs> okay. It's sad, but it, it is the honest truth. One of the few things we hear is that someone wants to be in that aspect to actually bring truth and life back to the news media. And so I definitely appreciate that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud of you and just as you grow, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about your faith journey? And I say that because as, you know, a young lady who has her hand in so many different things and you consider Christ as you move, you know that he is the head of your life. And at such a young age, sometimes that's just not the case. You know, we all have different journeys of when we found him, when we gave our life to him and when we chose him to be the head of our life. 
and in talking with you just off of the pod and now on the pod, you know, it's just amazing to see how you let him lead the way. So can you talk to us a little bit about your faith journey and how you just move and allow him to move in your life to make the right decisions? Yeah, so I grew up in church. So both my parents are ministers. Um, so I'm a PK per se. <laughs> so I've been in church, like I said, all my life growing up in a small church in Detroit. Um, shout out to Arkham Women. Um, so <laughs> I went there. I've gone there since I was born. And for me, like I've always um, had a personal relationship with Christ. And I'm most definitely somebody who is... Um, understands why I need God and why I need guidance and direction because I don't know everything especially as somebody who's continuously growing up um so for me like it's been super helpful um to have church in my life and to have the people from my church in my life so for me it's been more or less like a big community and uh, a place for me to give back to others as well at my church like we're heavily involved in serving the community um we have like uh we give clothes and stuff to the homeless and like socks and we go to the nursing homes and do christmas carols like sing christmas carols to them and give out like socks and candy canes so for me it's also a place for me to be able to give back to less fortunate um and i mean i'm not gonna say it's all like roses it's not always it's not always is um especially like um, tackling like mental health and Christianity, I think is something that um, is pretty, a pretty huge deal within the church community. And I think it's something that is starting to be talked about a lot more. Like um, you see the t-shirts where it's like, I got Jesus and therapy. So that's sure. yes. basically me. <laughs> um, so I feel like I've been able to talk about those types of things and kind of, you know, open people's minds and, um, and kind of debunk the stereotypes, you know, like they're like, Christians aren't this, Christians aren't that. Well, you may say that, but I don't even, like, I don't even align with those types of things. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to dislike you just because you're part of the Muslim faith or you're part of any other faith. Like, that's not how it goes. It's not how it's supposed to go. But obviously, we see that's not the case sometimes. For so, sure. Um, I most definitely like to embody, like, loving everyone regardless Um so I think that most definitely came from church. And I think also my compassion and finding my passions came from church as well. So actually it did because I actually got into journalism because my late pastor told us to watch the news. And I was like, okay, I, I want to know like what's going on. Like that's important, like knowing what's going on. And because of him, like I literally am a writer. I'm doing like all these things. So um I always like to tell people that because you know without my pastor like I don't even think I would be like where I am now so, awesome. so I think that's amazing and when we talk about the village I tell people all the time I was raised by the village right the African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child I was raised by raised by a village that village still raises me and will check me as a, an adult that's like okay don't get too big for your britches you're not too too grown yet you know there's still some learning for you to do and I feel that it's so amazing to have that. You know, one of the things that in the Christian faith that we learn is that it, we always need to be growing, right? There's no end point there. That end point is when we hear servant well done, right? And so until we hear that, we always need individuals around us to help us grow, help us learn and to hear that 
your church and your pastor has such an impact, not only on your walk in this Christian faith, but also within your career, I think is amazing. One of the things you also talked about too, um, is that mental health and that Christian faith, that gray line sometimes where there is a stereotype, right? That of course, naturally, you know, we hear all the time, baby, you got Jesus, all you need to do is pray about it. Well, you know, there's here and there, there's thought process on that, but mental health is real. And one of the things that I did learn and hear in this was stuck with me and I thought was amazing. And to all our listeners, you know, and I'm glad that you have actually put that out there. It is nothing wrong with getting help. You, if your heart is messed up, you're going to go to the cardiologist. Your head is messed up, you're going to go to the neurologist. And so God gave us therapy too. One of the things that stuck with me is says, you know, you can definitely go to the therapist, but remember God created a therapist and he reigns on the throne yet and still. And once you do that, guys, it is the same. And so I charge you and charge anyone. It's a, a great conversation now these days, which I'm appreciative for. Um, but you know, strong advocate for mental health. And if there's anybody out there that's listening, listening now that needs that, we're praying for you. We got some people for you. So hit us up on the inbox and we'll get you connected. But thank you for that, Imani. I think that's amazing. You know, when we talk about faith, when we talk about mental health, and we talk about just how Christ heads our life, you said something best that led me to my next question for you. You said, but it's not always roses. No, it is not. Okay. Because one thing that I learned that when you do, you know, and it's, we've all experienced this, when you do try to begin to walk that walk with Christ, when you give your life to him and try to steer your life in the right way that he would have you to go, you and I both know that that is when the enemy poison on thick. That is when he puts on the full court press. Okay. Uh, and so when we do that, we know, you know, as individuals who are trying to learn and grow in Christ, that things are not going to always be sweet. And as my grandparents would always tell me, and my mom would always tell me is you have to have a scripture in your heart. You have to keep the word close to you so that when things do happen, you're not scurrying around like, oh goodness, where do I go? Right. And so for me, and not to place you really on the spot, but there are certain scriptures that it does not matter what happens. I'm going to steal away as the old folks used to say, I'm going to steal away and I'm going to tap into those scriptures that are in my heart. Is there any scripture or scriptures that you lean on that, you know, we find athletes have put them on, you know, their shoe or keep them on a wristband to kind of help guide them and keep them balanced. Is there a scripture or scriptures that you lean to and look to for strength? Um, not to be cliche, but Philippians no. 14, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me as most no here. Um, the biggest one I have to constantly remind myself of, um, cause there is a lot of self doubt that comes about in our lives, especially as athletes. Um, if we're not performing to what we want to get to or the standards that we need to get to in order to get on the court or on the field or whatever you're doing. Um, that's most definitely one of them. And Psalms 27 and one. That's actually in my Instagram. Come on here. Come on. That's favorite. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So um, that's actually in my Instagram bio. Um, and I found, I believe I found that scripture when I was really deeping into diving deep into devotionals. Um, there was like a point in, I think it was high school or college. I was like really diving deep into devotionals, like on the Bible app. And that scripture came up and I was like, wow, okay. Like I needed this. <laughs> so um, those are probably my two um, for me. And also probably faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen um, because my name literally means faith. Imani means faith. So I feel like 
I got to embody what I'm named after. So, hey, look, and when I tell you clearly, those are three like home run out of the park ones, like truly that you have attest to one to my strength, one to, you know, my fear and one to my faith. I think that is amazing to target those. I'm telling you, you've tapped into my little box. <laughs> but you know just especially psalm 27 and i'm gonna tell you it's amazing how when i was an athlete a collegiate athlete um you know many people that hear the pod and hear my story my testimony i'm a brain aneurysm survivor and my battle with that came while i was a collegiate athlete and i could never remember the segment of time that pretty much was waiting on my family to come up uh with me and to be with me because i played away from home and Psalm 27 is what literally was laid on my heart. There is a doctor that was there at the time. And anybody that went through that, that um, hospital, he would pray with you. He would steer you. And that was one of the things that laid on my heart. And so for the listeners out there, I just wanted to do this for a second, just simply because it's so powerful. And I'm not going to read it all. But Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And that no matter what you're enduring, no matter what happens, no matter what the enemy can throw at you, right? To know that he's my light and my salvation, to know that he is the God of all things and has my protection. Whom shall I fear? On my job, in my walk, right? In my career path, on the court, whom shall I fear? Because I know who I serve. And that doesn't make it all right instantly, but I promise you it'll give you a peace. So when we talk about that, that scripture in our heart, you guys hear me talk about all the time. If you don't have one, I charge you to let that be the first one that you mark in there and it will give you strength just as I know that it did us. And so I thank you for that. I think that's amazing for sure. You know, you know, skipping on to that and kind of staying on that piece, you know, there are a lot of times we talk about, you know, my brother on here, Cabral Huff, he talks about board of directors often. Coach KB, who's often on here, we always talk about the seats at our table and who occupies them. As you're growing, you heard me talk about the village, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about some individuals who have been very influential in your growth and your maturation? I heard you mention your pastor and your parents, of course, but name some people for us that kind of are those mentors and guiding you spiritually, mentally, professionally, all of those things. Yeah, so personally for me, I've a lot of my mentors have like just entered my life, um, especially professionally. Um, so for me, my bosses at Local Four, Ken Haddad and Dave Barkoliak, they have been instrumental in helping me like writing and getting like, you know, polishing up my writing, making sure it's good, you know, like I can always bounce off ideas from them and, you know, basically pitching to them and they'll let me know like, yeah, this sounds great. Or maybe you should add this, 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 and this. So they've been pretty instrumental professionally. Um, Also Dakota London, who works at Sports Illustrated. He's also one of my newest mentors. Like he's been the best. I've talked to him about everything. I've told him about all my jobs. I've told him about everything. He's been super helpful in just listening to me and like talking about all different types of sort of things. Um, also, I, there's just so many people <laughs> like professionally. Um, so I know I'm just met Kristen Nicole Nelson, who um, has been somebody who I'm able to send my stories to and she looks over them. Uh, in terms of like spiritually, I most definitely um, would say, obviously, my late pastor, the pastor who I talked about, unfortunately passed away. 
Um, but my pastor um, now, Pastor Stephanie Jones, out of Arcadia Lynch Church again in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, ma'am. She's also my godmom. So she's uh she's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like mentally, most definitely, I think my my therapist, <laughs> shout out to Marissa, my therapist um has been somebody who's been like really influential in helping me um mentally and then um also my um my parents have been super instrumental in like telling me like you know get the help you need like when you need it and stuff like that um and then even I have an older brother so he's been super instrumental um in helping me with anything really like basketball related because he he also played college basketball and was coached and now he's working in the NBA so he's somebody that I like lean on a lot um, and talk to about any and everything, whether it's mental health, um, uh, our walks with Christ or like anything, basically. Um, so for me, I think those are most definitely my people and my village so far. It's ever growing, especially professionally, as I like network and meet all types of different people. So, yeah. For sure. And I think that's amazing. And I, and I did that because I need individuals to know that are listening no matter the age frame we all need individuals in our lives who are occupied in space right when you hear me talking about who occupies the seats at your table do we have individuals at our table who are you know just sitting there waiting to be served are they sitting there just eating and receiving from the table are they bringing things to the table we've all been to a potluck we've all been to a potluck where everybody kind of chips in and then there's people that just shows up ready to partake right we need to ensure that the individuals at our table are supplying the things that we need in our life and they're sharpening our iron as we're sharpening theirs, right? Because that's also in the word that iron sharpens iron. But do we have dull people sitting at our table, right? Our board of directors, do we have yes men or we have no men, right? Do we have people in our lives that's just going to tell us what we need it, want to hear? Or we're going to have some people in our lives that say, no, let me check you real quick. This is what you need to hear whether you like it or not because you headed down the wrong road. And, and, and I think that is so amazing that in every facet of your life, you have that guidance. And I think that that is an amazing thing, especially as you grow and learn in your faith, athletics, and your professional life. So that's amazing. You know, we talk about Christ and we talk about his ability and how amazing he is, but there's no secret, right, that the storm comes, right? I tell people all the time, you know, I don't care how good things go there's gonna be a moment where just life happens and you have to lean on him a bit more. Has there been any moments in your life where you've had to lean on Christ a bit more or where in those times where faith was a little bit hard to come by? And if so, and had, that has happened, what kind of helps you kind of move back into God and learn to lean on him and get on the other side of that storm? Yeah, for sure. There's a couple things I could say um so uh honestly more recently making the decision to transfer to a school to Chapman so I went to University of Laverne first which is also in Southern California and then I transferred to Chapman um making the jump faith-wise to go to Chapman because of how expensive it is was really big for me um to not get on myself, I'm gonna get on myself, but I could have went last year, but I was, I did not step out on faith and believe that I would be okay financially. 
which was on me. Um, but I finally did that the second time and God provided. Like, <laughs> so um, for me to get back into that mindset, um, I most definitely had to pray on it. I had my family praying on it. I had all my prayer warriors lined up praying for it. So um, I think that's most definitely how I got back like into having more faith and things like that is just most definitely praying on it. Not only praying on it, but putting the work in to it too. So that works is dead, isn't it? Come yes, ma'am. So, um, <laughs> for me, I was applying for hundreds of scholarships and trying to win those to help me afford school. Um, another time was most definitely when uh, my mom has been sick for a while. She's gotten into a couple of car accidents and has had cancer twice. So most definitely during those times, I had to lean on God and lean on my church family, especially because I was home at the time. Um, during those points in my life and just most definitely, I think the things that have helped me through those times is prayer and music. So during those points in times, I most definitely was relying heavily on my worship playlist, um, which was mostly elevation worship and um, and like Travis Green and all those types of things. So listening and like just basically singing my heart out to those songs is what most, most definitely is what helped me get through those times. Um, and also talking to somebody like, talking to the therapist, like, letting her know, like, okay, this is what's going on in my life, like, how can we, you know, navigate this together, um, and also, like, journaling, and uh, meditating, um, and even just exercising, like, you'll be surprised how much exercising can help you, like, feel better, and, like, get your dopamine flowing, so um, those were, like, the things that I at least tried to do when I had enough strength to I think that's amazing. And, and, you know, we all go through those things and hearing, you know, even some of your testimonies. And I'm glad that you did also mention that faith jump to switch and transfer and knowing that God, God would provide. And it's amazing how you said the first time I really didn't believe and I didn't step out on faith. But when I finally stepped out on faith, God provided. Isn't that something? You know, I was looking at something today. And it was funny, and, and and I actually took my notes at work, and they're still on my desk at work. But you know, we're all familiar with the you know, the word in Matthew where they talk about you know, right after Christ and the disciples fed you know the masses with the two fish and five loaves of bread, and they sent them out on the sea, um, and then a storm raged. Right. We all we all if you know the word, you know, this story, even if you don't know where it is, you've heard this story. And it was amazing to me. There were a couple of key points and where you mentioned is stepping out on faith. It was like, God, you're so amazing. I don't didn't know why he had me writing this down, uh, you know, in between classes. But and, and we know the story where, you know, these disciples, it was ironic to me that these disciples were supposed to be and said to be skillful right? Fishermen, skillful fishermen. So if you're skillful fishermen, you're a lot of times at sea. And so the irony is that a great storm with great winds arose and these skillful fishermen were afraid. (laughs) Christ came walking on the water and they didn't even know he was, but he said, called out to him and he said, you know, hey, walk on the water, come. All Christ said was, come, come on, come on, I got you. And then what happened? They feared. 
<laughs> they feared. And when you said stepping out on faith, the first time I didn't, Coach Chelsea, but the second time I did and God provided. Isn't it amazing how when the storms of life rage, literally and figuratively, in our lives, all he asks us to do is come. Four-letter word, come. Trust, right? I got it. All I need you to do is step out on faith. And often we fear doing that. We would rather try it our own way or stay, right? Stay where we are. In your case, it was school. But when you stepped out on faith and you tried them, when you came, God provided. And I think that's amazing. So anybody listening currently, or when we, you know, take a listen on a podcast, you know, I just charge you to try them. I charge you to trust them and I charge you to try them. And I charge you to step out on faith, right? But one of the things that Imani also said was that faith, without action we got to have that action to follow it up because we know that faith without works is dead so I think that's amazing you know this servant leadership piece has been a huge thing that we've been talking about you know servant leadership are words that we see we see people say I'm a servant leader and that's great we just want to ensure that if we're saying that's what we are that our actions follow up and one of the things I was talking about is context clues if you look at my bag and you know that I carry to the gym, you're going to see some basketball shoes, you're going to see a basketball, you see a water bottle, and the assumption would be, you know, this lady plays basketball, right? If you saw a boxer, and the boxing gloves is in there, Vaseline, you're going to assume they're a boxer. Well, you have this individual, and we say we're servant leaders, right? And one of the things I've been saying, and the thing that Christ has given me is the servant leaders arsenal, right? And we talk about what should be in our toolbox, what should be in our arsenal, if someone were to look in our bag, would they say, oh, that's a servant leader's bag? And the question I have for you is, if we talk about the servant leader's arsenal, or we talk about a servant leader's you know, toolbox, what are some of the attributes or the things that a servant leader should embody or should have? I think for me, the main thing that is most definitely lacking is empathy. I think that's like the main thing because in order for you to try to relate to somebody who's in a difficult situation or try to serve, I think you need to be empathetic. Um, I think you also need to have a passion for it as well, because you don't want to go <laughs> and do something that you're not passionate about. Um, and everybody has their own passion. Um, everybody's blessed with their own passion. And there's ways to give back like within those passions. So I think also to be giving, but to be not giving so much to where you don't have any left for yourself, but giving enough to where you can help others. Um, and I think also just being kind, like simply kind to one another and to people, whether it's on social media or whether it's somebody that you're helping. Um, and then I think the last thing for sure is never to be assumptive because you never know what's going on in somebody's life. Um, they could look like everything is all good on the outside, but deep down inside, they're struggling. So I think those are probably some of the attributes I think you would need to have in a servant leader's toolbox. Oh, for sure. And I think those are amazing tools, um, a lot of which have been new that we've heard. Um, I think one of the biggest things too is that empathy. You know, we don't have to truly understand or have been there, right? But your heart needs to sometimes, you know, go out and recognize that sometimes what we see is not about us. You know, I tell people all the time that there's a point um, of origin, 
you know, when there's an individual that sometimes every, every time I look, you know, she, this person just looks mean or, you know, I don't know what's wrong with that person. It's like, she's always got attitude. He, he's just, this is this, he's angry. There's always a point of origin, right? And what I mean by that is everyone has that thing in the past. Everybody has that moment or that, even that current thing that is there. That's a point of origin to where they maybe lost that hope, that zeal, that happiness, right? That kindness. And they're so focused on that point of origin that they can't be what you would require them to be in that moment. And so when I've learned that and I recognize that, I don't take things personally. I think a lot of times we, t- we take things personally, right? Not recognizing. And that's where that empathy comes in. I think the other portion, like you said, is not being assumptive. Because a lot of times we'll take, you know, what a person has done, we'll take it personally, like I said, oh, you know, he had an attitude. I can assure you that probably wasn't about you. And if we can be more empathetic to that, you know, before we lash out or retaliate, how many times have we ever prayed for that spirit? Sometimes I can stand and feel the negative energy in a person. I can feel the anger in a person. So much, sometimes it's so strong, I would have to literally remove myself from that room, right? But sometimes that comes with being in tune and as you say, having that empathetic spirit. So I think that is so amazing. I really, really do. You know, this pandemic has given us a lot of things, right? A lot of things. It has also taken a lot of things away. Um, but one of the many things that I've heard servant leaders say within this time is, you know, it gave me more time or it allowed me to be able to do this. I hadn't done this in years and I was able to do this. With this pandemic, what are some of the things you gained, right? A lot of times people talk about what we lost. What did this pandemic help you to gain? I think for me, the pandemic, honestly, as a college student, has allowed me to gain more time at home. So that's been nice, um, being with my parents um, and things like that. I think also for me, it's allowed me to gain, like, not to be like everybody else, but more time. Um, I'm not really worried about, like, trying to go to practice or worried about, like, okay, well, I got to do this, 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 this today. Um, which has the more time has allowed me to take better care of myself um, and to work on self-care and also um, again like going back to mental health like it's allowed me to schedule more therapy sessions and uh, be able to take that head on and um, I think also it's allowed me most definitely to reflect a lot more um, and be able to sit and think because I think you know, when things were back to normal, we're all so busy running around, yet we never take any time to think about things that have been going on in your life or going on in your mind or going on in your heart. Um, so I think for me, that it's most definitely given me more time to like just sit and think and process things. Uh, so that's probably what the pandemic has given me for sure. No, I think it's awesome. And even one of the things that even if people have said it, right, that is a huge aspect because people always say this, I don't have enough time. I ran out of time. I need more time, right? We, we hear that all the time. And this pandemic gave us time, right? And so as much as we talk about what we lost, we can be thankful for what we gained. Now, what do we do with it? You know, many of us were so focused on what the pandemic took away and that, oh, this is happening, that we spent all of our time sulking and complaining, right? Instead of capturing what God was really trying to get us to see. And I think that's amazing. You know, we sit and, and, you know, we think about just servant leadership and faith, right? And knowing God is who he is. But 
especially in your age bracket, right? Um, and even in mine and, and even older, it has become a hard margin to follow and to, you know, shall I say, if I will, um, normalize coaches and athletic professionals of faith for various reasons. It could be that individuals maybe are not secure in their faith. Maybe they're unsure because the pandemic, if you already were new to the Christian faith and then the pandemic happened, I've known some people personally who was just like, no, I'm not understanding this God thing you all were talking about. Why would this happen, right? A lot of people are questioning their faith, right? Some people have faith, but they're ashamed of their faith. When you talk about faith and normalizing that, especially within a sports arena, what's some encouraging words that you can give or some advice that you can give to young student athletes, individuals growing in the, you know, their career in their arena of recognizing who God is and not feeling pressure that you can't love God, be okay and open about your faith in your professional life? Yeah, so I think for me is that um, I think most people my age or in any other age bracket don't open up about their faith because of the things that have happened or the types of people, the stereotypes and things like that. But for me, it's like, if you don't embody those stereotypes, you shouldn't be concerned. You can show other people how things are supposed to be. So I think that's how you can be able to open up is just, you know, realize that and remind yourself, I'm not the embodiment of all the terrible Christians over here. I'm the embodiment of the great Christians, of those who love everybody, of those who will accept you as who you are and those who will listen to you regardless of your faith, even if your faith is othering or if we're in the same faith. So I think just constantly reminding yourself, like, you know, like I am, I am of good faith and that, you know, um, that like I can do this and then, you know, like I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And if you feel scared or afraid, um, I think that's most definitely something you could also talk to your pastor about. Um, that's what they're there for. They're there to help you um, if you have that relationship or even just somebody who's on the ministerial staff or anything like that um, to see how they have, may have navigated uh, those times in their lives. So I think that's most definitely something I would say because I think that's like the biggest issue like with, with people not wanting to express themselves is that, you know, there's there are so many bad things there are some things that are terrible that are associated with Christianity and some terrible people that they're scared that they're going to be labeled like those types of people. But if you exemplify all the good things, you'll be just fine. So, Great perspective. I think that's a very great perspective, you know, and I feel that if we can continue to be those lights, you always hear me talk about light and asking God to help us illuminate so that those that may not know him can find him. We have to understand that we're lights. I think that we take on so much more that God didn't even expect us to take on, right? If we handle our part and do our part, as you say, if we embody those characteristics that he's asked us to embody, that's all he's asking. Because when we can do that, right, we'll allow it. That light will be seen, right? You don't have to tell me if it's dark in the house and I turn on the light, I'll now have direction. I'll know which way to turn. But if it's dark, and I'm walking into a room where I, I don't know where anything, the layout is, I don't know how to move, I'm gonna run and knock into everything. But as soon as that light turns on, you're not gonna tell them where to go to the living room, they're gonna see it because the light highlighted where they needed to be. 
And so as Christians, all we have to do is embody, as you said, the things that Christ has asked us to do and be a light. And as soon as that light turns on, God will show them where they need to be. And I think that's amazing. You know, if you've listened to podcasts and you have, you watched us do this thing, you know that there's, you know, certain questions that I really do like to do as we start to close up. And one of my favorite, and I continue to do this and we're going to keep doing it, right? We're heading on a hundred and something episodes now. We continue to do this because God is a lot. He is endless, right? There are endless things and attributes and, 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 and things that he can be to our lives that he does every single day. But this world does, when hardships come, it's hard to remember what he is because you're so focused on what the world has been or what your situation has been. So one of the things I like to do is I like to say God is, and I will just fill in the blank for myself and what I find is that as I continue to fill that blank, right? As I continue to fill that blank and keep it going, I recognize that God is so much more than my problem. God is so much more than my situation because the list is endless, right? And so I like to do this whole thing. You're not going to get a full list. You don't get to roll on. You honestly get one for the pot. You get one answer. If I were to say God is, and I left a blank, how would you fill that blank? I think you did this on Twitter, but I most definitely would say my provider for my current situation. So come on here. Yeah. And he is. And then, yes, you will. It is one of my favorites um, because what you'll learn and it, and it is amazing. You know, it, what you find is when I did it on Twitter, the, here's these individuals and recognizing who he is. Says, and, and the beauty of it is that that changes with my need. He's my provider, but I may need him to be my healer later on. Well, guess what? He can be that, too. I may need him to be my rest and he can be that, too. I may need him to fight my battle. Right and be my fighter, right? Go ahead of me and take care of that. He can be that too. And it's amazing that, you know, I, I laughed because somebody said a chameleon God. And I said, come on here, <laughs> that one, come on. And it's the truth because he can change and be whatever we need him to be. And what I need doesn't stop him from being what you need. And so I think that's amazing. And it, and it really does take your mind off of that situation and recognize it, recognize it and place your mind on who can fix the situation. So I think that's great. You know, of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where we talk about servant leadership and faith and where they interconnect. And as I said before, with that servant leader's toolbox, we want to make sure that our servant leaders are equipped with what it truly means to be a servant leader, right? So I'm on a mission to create the longest, but the truest definition of servant leadership and by doing so, we do that by asking the servant leaders to come on what their belief, if I were to ask them what they believe servant leadership is. So I'm asking you, servant leader Imani Wright, what do you feel servant leadership is? How would you define servant leadership? Uh, for me, I believe servant leadership is, it's kind of, I feel like it's self-explanatory in a way, but it's not at the same time. So I feel like it's somebody that is willing to willing to serve but also to lead while serving so it means like they're willing to to start something or they're willing to push for something that will serve other people or will serve for the greater good of the community um, and I also think it's somebody who they may not be an outward leader like some people's leadership style it's 
I'm going to tell everybody about this, this, that, and the other. For some people, they're quiet leaders. They lead in silence. And so I think that also could be the embodiment of a servant leader, somebody who's in the community silently working or in the community loudly working. Because you just never know what people are doing, like on the inside or on the out. So I think that would probably be my definition. I think that's awesome. And I think the thing about it is that's truly what it is. Sometimes in life, we make things hard. Um, but being able to lead while serving, right? Just because I'm the leader doesn't mean that I can't come down and give you what you need, right? True leadership, that's what servant leadership is, is leading while serving others, making others better, rather than be silent or loud. You know, I tell people all the time, you don't have to tell the world and announce to the world what you've done to assist someone, right? If we're so focused on making individuals better, we shouldn't need an announcement, and so I think that's amazing that you placed that tagline in there. Imani, I think you are, oh my goodness, I really do think that you are a force to be reckoned with. Why? Because you have just, as I said before, you have this humility and compassion about yourself. And that is why, you know, God led me to definitely have you come on and to change the pace, right? The listeners, they vary. They vary from 16 all the way up to 80 something years old when you take a look at the analytics. And so you know, we need individuals that they can see, that they can hear, that looks like them and sounds like them. But then as extra nuggets in there to say, I can be that. I hear I'm a student athlete too. And wait, she's doing all of that. Wait, she's mentioning Christ and it's okay. And so I appreciate you just being open and willing to come on and take on this endeavor and kill it because you have, but just to be a light um, especially in a world where our young people truly are. I mean, I hate to say it and sound cliche, but you all are future. You may replace me, right? You may replace all the individuals that you spoke about that help you and, you know, are on your board of directors. So I appreciate you just for being who you are. I appreciate you and I speak life into everything that you're doing because you are definitely going to go places. So remember that on May 12th, 2021, that I have already told you that you will go forth and do great things and we can't wait to witness it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. Your words mean the world to me. Absolutely. And so before we go, as always, guys, I'm going to say a prayer. We don't ever want to leave without closing in prayer. So if you guys would just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you right now. We thank you for obedience. We thank you, Lord God, for guidance. And I thank you right now for the connection that you have given me with Imani, Lord God. I ask you for a special blessing over this young lady that you will continue to just guide her from the inside out, that you will continue, Lord God, to lift her up because she's so humble, Lord God. She trusts you, Lord God, and she places you at the head of her life. So enhance her, Lord God, as she steps back on the court, Lord God, give her the strength and the wisdom and the talent and the understanding. But Lord God, also the safety that she needs to be successful, Lord God. As she's in the field, Lord God, with journalism, I ask that you just help her, Lord God. Let those words come to her, Lord God, like never before, Lord God. But as she sits here to minister, Lord God, as she sits here to be a representative to our young people, Lord God, help her, Lord God, to continue just to be that light for that dark space or that space that doesn't understand or doesn't feel comfortable to recognize you. Lord, for all our servant leaders, I ask that you just continue to give us strength as we work to open up and start our seasons, Lord God. Give us rest, Lord God, where we're torn down, Lord God. But most of all, I ask that you will allow us to illuminate, Lord God, so that those that may not know you, 
can find you. In your son Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Imani Wright, you are now a part of the Servant Leader family. We are so glad to have you. Welcome (laughs) to the fold. And if you ever need anything, all you need to do is reach out. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. We thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time.